This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com. Hey, everybody. It is Riggs and Jaywa from Beers in the Lot. We've got one more beer coming for you this week because we had a special guest. Uh, Captain Greg Gelman joined us this week on episode 83, and that was awesome. Total blast to catch up with him and talk to him about uh, what he has been doing uh, overseas and away from our Sunday night league, the old fat ball guys. Uh, but so much has been happening in the hockey world over the last uh, seven to 10 days here that uh, John and I wanted to hop back on, talk about some of those things, give some of our takes on what's going on in the NHL um, and maybe other places. And this kind of bonus episode might pop up occasionally. Uh, because there's always time for one more beer, right, John? Absolutely. <laughs> so why don't you start us off? Yeah. So I think the first thing that we, you know, we uh, had a great time with our buddy, Greg. It's been a while. I know I haven't seen him in years at this point. You were a little fortunate enough just going to the captain ceremony and everything. So that's awesome. But it was nice to see him and, uh, you know, rekindle some of those old uh, degenerate memories, especially some of the stuff we did without, you know, it being recorded, which is even better. Um, we don't need to get into that. But, so, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that went on. So first, really quick, I just want to touch on something very disgusting that I witnessed in Danny and I's one league we play in together. That's an offshoot of OFBG. Uh, we were up by... One goal is a really proper beer league hockey match. I just want to say that first and foremost, like everyone was cool. It was good, hard, competitive game. And I can't stress enough. Everyone was totally cool. No one was a jerk. No one was running their mouth. It was all very fun and enjoyable, like exactly kind of what you want in a beer league contest. And then with about like 30 seconds left, they pulled their goalie. I was on the bench. I was just, I had vomit already in my mouth, just seeing it, knowing some of these guys were licking their chops. And one of the guys just skated down the ice and I was yelling from our bench the entire time, like have some respect for yourself. Just throw it in the corner. We don't need this. And he, he put it in the empty net and then he slid into the corner like a hot dog. Like, oh, just <laughs> disgusting. It was so, it was so gross. I mean, I, I said, like, I just, I feel worse for the children that have to endure, like, these stories. Like, this is horrifying. The empty oh. nets. It's just, I can't, this is so gross. It makes oh. my skin crawl just talking about it right now. That I was part, that I, I had, like, some small part in that, you know, just like I wasn't able to be the voice of reason. It was so upsetting, but I digress. <laughs> yes. I had to get that off my chest. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I, I too, I too share the dislike of the ENG. So I, we, you know, we, this is probably the not, not the right pair of beers in the lot guys to do a one more beer bonus episode right off the hop, especially when we're talking about empty net goals. Cause we're going to agree uh completely 
So yeah, we're <laughs> we're in line on this. I actually told Aaron uh, on Sunday when he subbed in OFBG that a passion project of mine. I made the comment when Ovechkin passes Yager, which he just did. So now it kind of looks clean in terms of the order of Gretzky, Howe, Ovechkin. I'm going to redo the top 10 all-time NHL scores and subtract all the empty nets out. So I didn't want to do it with Ovechkin, you know, kind of tracking Yager. I wanted him to officially pass Yager. And then that way it's a straight shoot down the line, one through 10. So I'm going to, I'm going to readjust the, the current standings as they are of all-time goals with the subtraction of empty nets because they didn't count anyway. <laughs> the NHL tracks up, but they don't. They don't count. I I think I think Gretzky is up there though. Like, he has I like think, fifty something. Yeah, he, he has a lot of empty. I made I made a comment to Aaron. I was like, yeah, once he gets Gordy Howe, like he's only forty away, and he's like, no, he has like. 90 i was like no i took the empty net goals already out on him like and here it was just like laughing because he knows i just hate it <laughs> so let's talk about poppy and his little transgression last weekend yeah so uh <laughs> they had the heritage classic at least they're going through some goaltending issues actually though uh Shawgren went in Tuesday night, got a shutout in his yeah, first NHL yeah. start. So yeah, it was awesome. Kind of funny. Kind of funny. Like they were having goaltending woes 48 hours prior to this. But I get Sheldon Keefe's thought process on starting Mrazic. You want a veteran kind of in that moment because it is a lot to take in, especially if it's your forced outdoor game and all that jazz. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Um Mrazic, he did I don't think he did bad, but he didn't do good. Because he let in that weird uh, Anastroza one from like the corner, pretty much, and there was another one he probably could have had. But anyway, he did not have a good showing. Buffalo, who all of a sudden looks pretty good, like they're they're getting some mojo going on. Um, it started kind of when they waxed uh, Vegas the other night, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Right. Um, near the end of the game, Darlene and Matthews were kind of slashing cross-checking pushing and shoving in front of the buffalo net and well not in front of the net yeah like in the net in the crease <laughs> yeah. behind behind the goaltender yeah and anderson Dal was just there Darlene was like pushing and cross-checking uh M matthews into the crossbar and like trying to put him like into or over the net is what it I think like Matthews has like some fear of crossbars now since he smacked into it, right. you know, when he played Pittsburgh a few weeks ago, right. but like <laughs> no one was really in the wrong then. And then near the end, Darlene gave him a few shots to kind of the wrist and in you right. know, torso area, which is like, you start doing that. That's usually the point where guys throw their gloves off. So right. if you start hitting wrists and whatnot, uh, Matthews then, on a skill guy, exactly. On a guy on a skill guy. that is up there in goals. I think he's leading in goals, right? In the yes, in the league, he is number one. So, so you're hitting at a guy's money makers, his hands and his wrists, and then the official is here's here's my thing. The official is there, right? Yeah, right. There's there's one down low. There's one up top. There's one down low watching everything that's going on. Watching Darlene basically keep going after Matthews, and then Matthews decides he's had enough, 
and he goes after Darlene. Hi. He cross-checks him in the head, neck area, which, you know, we don't want. I get it. But, you know, he gets suspended for two games. And here's my question. At what point is the league going to decide that there is not equality amongst the players in that there are certain players that need to have more protection than others. And if they, they see Rasmus Dahlin, who is a very talented player in his own right, uh, going after Matthews that way, like when does the official decide he's going to put his arm up? The one thing that kind of irked me about the whole situation, though, is if you're Buffalo, if you're the Leafs, like anyone on the ice, anyone could have kind of just jumped in. Right. Make it a two-on-one situation. It, and that goes for, like I said, Buffalo and the Maple Leafs. And I, I don't remember where uh, the puck was during this whole sequence. Like, I feel like the play had already left because it was just like the two of them in front. Right. And I'm just still shocked. Like at no point did anyone else just jump in. So of course, then when Matthews gets him right in the neck, um, and that that's actually the reason he got suspended. The league looks at it as if you hit some guy on the shoulder and it rides up and it's the neck, they're a little more lenient. This one was right. clearly an intent to go bang, you know, bass rooting bar fight style. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hitting you in the neck. I'm I'm just still more shocked like no one came in kind of help him out. And but if you Leaf, look at do the Leafs really have anyone like that? That's the the my question. That they don't. So but, Michael so. Bunting is a little rough, but like he also is like first or second in rookie scoring, so like he's not a guy you really want and trying he, he to go out and do much. He doesn't play he doesn't play with Matthews either. Yeah, he's not even on right? his line. Wayne Simmons is fourth line. Right. And he's in and out of the lineup because he he just played his thousands game, so good on him. But he's also a little older, so they're gonna start like saving some of him. And that's been the MO on the Leafs, unfortunately, the last like couple of years. It's been like, oh, they're all all sizzle and no bite because they have no even, one really that's a deterrent. So, right. But okay, so the league has spent the last what twenty some years trying to remove the enforcer the thugs, if you will, from yeah. the game which they have effectively done. And now it seems like it's fair game on the stars and open you, season, and, man. And you're seeing like, you're seeing Poppy's snap. Uh, McKinnon went crazy the other night. Uh, yeah, I Cause forget. he got high. I forget. <laughs> I forget. And who then he, he just liked. went bonkers. He manhandled some dude like a bear, like the bear yeah. and revenant against, yeah. uh, <laughs> like it's Leo, Leo there, <laughs> and, and and then uh, Landeskog was going off about officials, and then ended up in a a messed up play where he got hurt. Uh, that probably should have been something uh, called. So you know, I there's got to be a way that the league can either step in now or decide that. Hey, maybe we need to loosen up on some of the other things that we were doing to prevent the players from kind of 
evening these things out and policing themselves. I don't think it gets fixed this season. I think we're going to see more issues with this kind of stuff going on, unfortunately. And it means that star players, like your leading goal scorer, might be suspended for a few games. It might mean that star players, like the captain of the Avalanche, are hurt for a little while and have to have some sort of surgery. Um, and that sucks, or too. he gets cap relief so Joe Sackett can start doing some crafty right. things he, at he the deadline. Get, yeah, he can go <laughs> get that defenseman, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Avs, uh, a certain uh, veteran coach <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want his team to face the Colorado Avalanche, who are a juggernaut, even with, you know, Lando out. Um, Daryl Sutter basically said, what? <laughs> yeah, he, he, and not so many words, I'll just shorten it, because it was a interesting question, just a base. The reporter, I forget who it was at the moment, just asked about the Pacific Division and the state of it, you know, with teams playing especially now you're playing your divisional games where they could be technically four point games, yada, yada, right. yada. Yeah. And he said, you know, everyone's trying to win as many games as they can. No one really wants to fall behind. And especially, uh, you know, in the Pacific, you don't want to fall out of the divisional lead because then you'll be the wild card. And if you're the second wild card, you have to play the abs. <laughs> and he just said, that's a waste of eight days, implying that, <laughs> implying that it's game one, game two, game three, yeah. game four. You're out. <laughs> like, yep. You're out, which is comical. And I like Daryl Sutter because he kind of tells it how it is. When he was in LA, people would ask him like, oh, how'd you win the game? He goes, well, we won three to one. We scored more goals than the other team. He's always like great. For my, kind of quips and and these one-off answers, <laughs> my favorite Daryl Sutter thing was uh, when he was win L- when he was winning in L.A. Um, I think it was after the first cup. It was like that in between year, and somebody asked him like, "Oh, you know, your teams are known for you know." defense you don't allow a lot of goals and all this stuff he's like yeah that's because we have the puck the whole time yeah (laughs) and i was like yes this old school dude understands like what we say all the time like yeah keep the puck the other teams can't score yeah those la teams (laughs) even though they weren't like everyone always said they weren't as fast but the problem that the gave teams was the a they were very big and all those guys could move no one on the team was so slow that they were a liability they just didn't have any burners yeah and yes they did have a younger jeff carter and they also had mike richards before he got into other things mm. um hmm <laughs> but, but yeah <laughs> but like so the team could skate they had a high offensive output because they the second they lost the puck their whole goal was like Oh, we're going to get back. And if yeah. we have to like put two guys on you, we'll put our defensemen in better positions in our defensive zone yeah. in the neutral zone. So you're going to cough the puck up. And that's essentially what they did. That's why they smothered half the teams that played over those, yeah, yeah. you know, three, four seasons. It was just, yeah. it was too easy for them. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just such a great line. I also kind of think that's like a little bit of gamesmanship on his part where he's like thinking, he's like, all right, if we can get out of the first round with whoever we would play, 
we still have to win our next divisional round, but there's a strong chance. And I, I would think it's kind of common. Like if you're going through the central, like that's geesh, it's tough. Cause it's Colorado, St. Louis, Nashville, and Minnesota. Those are your four teams currently. Yeah. And all four of those teams are pretty damn good in general. Yeah. So like, I think he's kind of thinking if the abs do get out of that round, out of that division and we play them, he's almost sowing the seed of like, kind of like, Oh, they're so tough. We can't do anything. <laughs> and and it also maybe, it may be a wake up and like a reverse psychology thing on his own team. Like, Hey yeah. guys, we're good, but we're, you're still, right. I think they're you're, trailing by like 20 some points in the standings. Right, right. Like guys, like no, I'm sure there's some teams in, in the Pacific and central who are like, ah, oh, if we play them, eh, whatever, like er, no one wants to play the abs. No, I actually like, I think no one really wants to play the abs. I mean, at the moment, I think actually, yeah, as we record this, it's Wednesday evening, Vegas is now sitting in that second wild card. If Vegas gets healthy, great matchup for him. If, oh, yeah. If, yeah. but Vegas may not get healthy. Yeah. That's, that's my fear, especially as somebody who really likes Vegas. Uh, the other thing, too, like uh, that we have to talk about. Jack Eichel's such a baby. Oh, does that irk me? <laughs> I don't know, like, man. He, I get uh, it. I get it. But like, part of me almost wants to go, like, bro. It doesn't matter who you are. Like, you left. You don't think they're gonna boo you? Are you mad? I, I, <laughs> I actually agree with what he said. I kind of do too. I don't think. He should have said it, but, no. but what he said was, uh, I agree with a hundred percent. He was there for a while and he came in as the franchise player and he got no support from that franchise, like at all. Yeah. Order, they, they didn't do anything to get any kind of supporting players for him. And if you go back and look at the Rolodex of guys they shipped out during Jack Eagle's tenure, like right. there's no excuse really. Right. There was talent there. Right. And so he's there for the seven years or whatever it was. And, you know, he's, he gets hurt and they're not helping him find the best path for him to, to get back and play the game. And he decided that enough was enough and he needed to go somewhere else. It was probably three years past due, right? And, you know, he goes and somewhere the surgery, else. Yeah, the surgery the and the surgery next thing did not, help, did not help where he's like, I want this. They said right. no. But I forget who said it. There was, I think there was something Jack Eichel kind of made mention of it where he's kind of like, I think it's more ridiculous that we, we as players in the NHLPA don't have this in the CBA. Yeah. We're like essentially the team. Yeah. But so that's a larger issue, right? They need to exactly. go back and, and as a, as a, as a labor group, they need to decide if the, you know, if the union's doing what it needs to do to help them and you know, all that stuff. But you know, he got the procedure done and he's playing. I and mean, he looks great. He had nine he, shots the other night. He, right. He's, he's doing his he's, job. He's getting back. So he's one of those guys that if Vegas gets some other key players back from injury, 
He's going to be a contributor right along with those guys. I looked so, at it. When was it? Yesterday or the day before? They have like over $30 million on injured reserve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So they, that's, so that's almost they might half be, of the NHL cap space. They, they might be in the market. And, but then, you know, it to kind of finish off the Eichel thing, you know, he says basically like, you know, oh yeah, now the fans are excited about me after I left because they were booing them and all this and they had crazy signs and stuff, which is entertaining on its own. I, I like that kind of energy in a building. Um, but, you know, the fans didn't care until he left, really. And, and he was right. I think he's right. And I'm sure part of that, I mean, and I don't want to lump all this on the Sabres organization too, because like they, I know quite a few Sabres fans and they're, they're great people. I would like to say that, but like, oh yeah, they're I'm, sure, great I'm sure a lot of that yeah. fan base was just like, I am so sick since, I mean, they had those great teams coming out of the lockout with Briere and yeah. Drury and JP Dumont and they had Ryan Miller and then Sidney Crosby scored in double overtime or overtime and <laughs> ended his hockey career. I mean, seriously, if you go back and look at that Sidney Crosby golden goal, Ryan Miller fell off a freaking cliff after that. Like it, end, <laughs> like it ended him. Uh-huh. Like I even went back uh, months ago. Somehow I was having this conversation. Like he didn't win a playoff game for like three years after that. It was insane. But yeah. It, yeah. Anyway, but like I kind of wish there would be more of the Sabres faithful to kind of point the booze a little bit back at like the ownership and management. But maybe, but maybe that's what was really happening. Maybe it was just finally, there was some event that they could point all of those years of frustration at. And it just, it just happened to be. Eichel's turn. Yeah. Homecoming. Right. And, (laughs) and, while it it may on the surface look like it was directed at him, it's really about the entire situation over the last like ten years. Um, and that you know, who the hell knows? Because I'm not a psychologist or sociologist, but you know, maybe that's what it was. Um, but I I do agree with what he said. I and I do love Sabres fans. I really do. I've you know, going to Caps games here locally. Um, somehow, whenever tickets came available, I was always going to a game when Buffalo was in town. And the visiting Buffalo fans were always so cool and so awesome to hang out with before and after games, during the game. They were always awesome. So it was kind of out of character to me for them to act that way. Um, but, you know, I do agree with what Jack said. My last old piece on the Jack saying is like, yeah, he was a baby for saying it. He would have been the bigger man to just like not say it, but like he's kind of known to like wear his emotions on his sleeve. Yeah. So like by him saying it, it kind of does make sense. Me personally, I would be like, dude, you're freaking baby. Like I, I would just like <laughs> even on his team just to rag him because I'm that guy. Like walk, I'm like. Hey baby, what's up, baby Jack? Like I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I hope Jack Eichel scores like forty goals between here and the Stanley Cup final, and they win. So that would be awesome. They need they need like a few. Well, actually, they need about thirty some million dollars back healthy. But yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> All right, so that is one more beer number one. Yeah. Uh, so what's that? Eighty three B, right? Eighty three B. 
We'll call this will be labeled by like bonus something or other, but it'll we'll definitely call this series one more beer. It will probably be uh at least two or three or maybe all of us from beers in the lot. Uh if we feel like we need to get some extra uh discussion out to our listeners. So thank you for joining us and we'll catch you next time for one more beer.